Holy shit. We made it. I'm Drew here with my sister, Ashley, and best friend, Tardy B. And we just got back from November 9th, 1984. The past. Ashley, uh, why? Well, each week we travel back in time to the best year ever. 1984. To watch whatever movie just hit theaters. And see how long we can stay awake. Uh. So we were so freaked out by the movie that we watched, which you'll soon find out about, that we uh, decided to drink a ton of coffee, eat a bunch of pie, and then take some, um, what was it? What were the pills called? It's like, oh, I don't remember, like no sleep. Extra fast, strength. Fast, fast, fast acting. acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we've been up for um, three or four days straight. And it's, that's when you start to hallucinate. A little loopy. So, yeah. um, are you feeling tired or anything? Uh, I feel okay. I don't really drink coffee, so it's hitting me pretty hard. So I think I'll be yeah. awake for a while. But um starting to hallucinate a little bit so not right. great the scooter lag the caffeine pills and <laughs> yeah. just the general fright that we endured um has us wired so enough about that ashley what did we see cue the clip and then you can tell us okay <laughs> derek <laughs> the kids of elm street don't know it yet but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? No one knows where it came from. Oh. Who it will visit next. Nightmare on Elm Street. Help me, please! Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street. Rated R. Starts Friday at a theater near you. Check your local listings. Yeah. So if you didn't hear the last two seconds that said it twice, um, we watched A Nightmare on Elm Street, rated R for strong, bloody horror, violence, disturbing images, terror, and language, and a lot of sound effects that were creepy. Yeah, the some people are triggered just by the fingernails on the metal fingernails on Everything. any kind of surface has <laughs> yeah. the same effect as, as fingernails on a chalkboard. Mm -hmm. um, I like the strong, bloody horror violence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was verbatim from the, the MPAA. If you're looking at the poster, it's a little weird. It's They definitely didn't use a, an exact picture of Heather Landcamp or um, the person who plays Nancy from the movie, but it's a person in bed with the covers pulled up over their exposed um, upper body. And Freddie's claw hands reaching down from above. Tagline, if Nancy doesn't wake up screaming, she won't wake up at all. Ooh, okay. Wes Craven's <laughs> A Nightmare on Elm Street with the Thanks. nightmare written in that kind of like um, that uh, painted paintbrush font that's pretty iconic from the movie. So mm -hmm. that's the poster. Ashley, why don't you give us a quick 15 second summary? Okay, Derek, you ready? Yep. All right, go. Okay. Um, Freddy Krueger sneaks into teenagers' dreams to seek revenge after he was murdered by the teenagers' parents, which was well-deserved because he's a fucking serial killer of, co of kids. That's it. And potentially more. I think you have a bit of trivia on... Ah. Ooh, nice. <laughs> so, because people, you know, this movie has eight additional sequels and spinoffs from this point on there's been a lot of Freddy lore that's been established over the years 
not only was he a child killer um, in an original version of the scripts, I believe he was a child molester. So actually, so originally they wanted to, originally he was a child molester and then they thought it'd be more fitting to make him a murderer because there was a big case going on at the time with a child molester. How's so that changed, more fitting? Well, because there's like, it's too on the nose of what's happening in the media and they didn't want to have a movie about a child molester. Oh, they didn't want to be like ripped from the headlines. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Oh. So. I think they I think they allude to it in later movies. And they then do. I was reading something recently that was interesting. There was a prequel written. I think the dude who plays Nancy's dad actually wrote it. And his character, it turns out in this prequel that Freddie was um, misconvicted or he wasn't convicted because the parents take the law into their own hands. So it was kind of this this town mob rule uh, hmm. where they're seeking vengeance. And it turned out in this very dark prequel, which kind of like undermines everything that happens later. <laughs> um, oh, interesting. Okay. He was he was wrongly accused of um, of murdering kids. So that would have been an interesting. <laughs> yeah, that have changed everything. <laughs> yeah, maybe we can talk about that at the end in terms of do we want to see more movies mm-hmm. uh, in the Freddy universe? Anyway, let's just get straight into our gut response to this movie pun intended ashley yeah. um, <laughs> what's your backstory with a nightmare on elm street the original and the freddy franchise in general okay so i watched nightmare on elm street a long time ago and then about a year ago i tried to rewatch it and i had to stop because i was kind of freaked out watching it by myself um even though it is kind of campy and like absurdly gory that makes it not as like intense in my mind mm-hmm. but that scene which we'll talk about probably later a little bit but the death scene where she's being crawled or she's being dragged across the ceiling and blood's just everywhere just terrified me and i shut it off it's yeah i mean it opens right away with kind of a creepy dream sequence where tina uh the blonde character is being chased uh by freddy i mean do we see freddy in the opening scene we see I think you see him pretty soon. I think we do. I think you see his face in like a shadow as well. So yeah, I mean, but you see him constructing those claws of his or those. Yeah, but you don't see his face in that claws. scene. But then you see him after. Yeah. Well, there's like so there's the pre-opening scene where it's in a different aspect ratio. It's like a smaller box with the credits, and that's when mm-hmm. he's. That's a pretty cool scene too. That's when he's. Uh, he's manufacturing his claws yeah and sharpening and, his blades yeah sharpening them basically <laughs> and then it jumps to tina uh tina's dream sequence and her being chased and, and waking up uh freaked out her waking up with like cuts on it doesn't pierce her skin i think she just like um the his claws just uh rip her nightgown right mm-hmm. yeah because yeah. you don't know you're like oh it's kind of real but she's not hurt so you know. Her mom's like, you can either cut your fingernails or stop having dreams like that. So she can't do both. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. um, so her mom kind of dismisses it. She just thinks she's, you know, being a dramatic teen. Um, for me, I don't know when I first saw the original movie. I have a feeling I saw some of the sequels later. I mean, or saw some of the sequels first because I remember like some of the, the cheesier mm-hmm. moments. Another pun. Um, and it almost, the franchise almost gets less scary as it goes on because it's got like, it, 
the the sliding scale of campy comedy to horror goes further in the other direction. So I think, you know, uh, our responsible grandmother Boots was wise in showing me like the the fourth and fifth one yeah. <laughs> for the original. <laughs> but the original is, I, I definitely saw it pretty early before I was like uh, an adult, like watching horror movies intentionally. And I just remember being freaked out by the premise and being freaked out by the general, like his, the character is so memorable mm -hmm. uh, for his wisecracking and, and just not being like uh, villains in other horror movies. So I remembered Freddie as a character, but the concept of being able to be uh, attacked or killed in your sleep is something you can't really forget as a kid or an adult. And that's why we uh, are still awake. Yep. Never sleeping. <laughs> Derek, what about what about you? What do you remember from a young age? So <clears throat> I've mentioned it in a couple of podcasts, but Chucky scared the shit out of me. So <laughs> Chucky came out the same year. So I think by the time it got into the video stores, Hollywood video, blockbuster video, I had already seen Chucky and it scared me beyond belief. So I did not watch this until I was a teenager. I was done with horror for like 10 years after that. Right. So I watched Fair. this when I was grown up and, and got over the whole Chucky thing. Not to not to fact check you on the spot, but unfortunately, Child's Play, the original, did not come out the same year or else we would have watched it for the podcast. Oh, um, wait. Shit. Ooh. It came out in the 90s? It came out in 88. Oh, okay. So four years, okay. Four years after this not movie. Not to fact check well, you, but... <laughs> well, thank you for the fact check. Then I must yeah. have, for some reason, saw Chucky before this. Um, well, you wouldn't have been watching either of these when it came out. Yeah, you'd be like, well, you weren't born. Yeah. Well, sh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, As we were established, only one of us, um, I'm bragging about how old I am. <laughs> only one of us. <laughs> Way was to born go. <laughs> in, the, in the year for which the podcast is named. Um, yeah, I think horror, uh, as we talked about with Gremlins, like that was probably the first horror movie I remember that I remember scaring me. So I was because I was like five or something. This was probably one of the first like horror characters I can remember, aside from uh, Leprechaun, yeah, which came out yes. way later. I definitely remember Leprechaun. That wasn't scary, right? Well, no, it was scary. I the was first very one scared. Is very similar in tone, inspired by the the Freddy, the tone of like you know a villain that is has a sense of humor and a personality. Like, well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember. Um, I was just going to say, like, this is it's a very personal thing. It was Chucky for you, um, Freddie for me, and Ashley was probably scared by, like... Um, Everything. Yeah, just dolls. <laughs> dolls in general, yeah. Well, Leprechaun was really scary. Right. So that was See, I, I used scary. Leprechaun and this to just kind of laugh at um, mm. murderers and horror films. Yeah, if you, if you come to it at a late enough age, you can... Uh, laugh at it but actually what inspired you to watch it like try to watch it a year ago it was halloween and i was yeah, like oh so they were on elm street like why not up? watch it and then i started to and i was like i'm gonna wait and i didn't finish it <laughs> yeah well, you knew we were gonna podcast force you yeah there you go so before we get into some um things we loved and hated about the movie i wanted to bring back an old segment we do um called choose your character <laughs> So 
So this is where we each pick a character, video game style. You're at the arcade browsing the available uh, playable characters. And it just gives us kind of a, a hook, a way to dig our fingers into um, <laughs> the, the movie, if you will, and kind of uh, empathize with a certain role. Um, doesn't mean you see yourself as the character. You know, that might not bode well for Derek. <laughs> but it's just a particular character that you latched onto something about. So, Ashley, who who's that character for you? I'm not going to choose the alcoholic mom, although I said I would. But um, I'm going to go with Nancy. So okay, she's a fi final girl. Yeah, she's a final girl, but she's really brave. Like she's like, I'm going to go into my nightmare and take out Freddy and bring him back to kill him. Like that's pretty intense. Agreed. It, she's like really proactive about it it's funny mm -hmm. like she doesn't get the i mean maybe i haven't been reading the latest lists of all-time final girls but it seems like laurie strode who um uh, jamie lee curtis played in halloween was kind of the prototypical final girl but she was a passive bystander i mean she rose to the moment right Nancy, like immediately kind of took charge of the moment i think where she some people uh criticize her is the performance yeah, but, she's not a great actress, but I, the concept, I didn't, I, well, I thought all the acting in the movie was just like so dramatic, like so intense, like absurd. I, I think it's appropriate. I mean, like, so her like level of unnaturalism fits the tone of the, the dreamlike tone of the movie. Right. Um, yeah. We'll talk about what parts of the movie are a dream and what parts are reality. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, all in all, I think it actually works perfectly well within the, within the, tone of the movie so well and it probably makes freddie's lines less ridiculous too because everyone's like dramatic <laughs> yeah <laughs> um well that leaves me with um tina who's the blonde character who um is acrobatic at least um yeah. <laughs> and, she, and uh she has a good uh, uh last night on earth but glenn johnny depp's debut role um, I'm gonna go with him because I liked his TV. Outfit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I liked his cropped up. Um, <laughs> he he plays a crucial role in the movie. I mean, he's not like he he is kind of a dunce. He yeah, you know, Nancy implores him to help her with her plan to lure Freddie out, and all all Glenn has to do is just stay awake, basically, and he can't he can't do that properly. Um, he is sort of a sleaze bag. I mean, not like a major no. sleaze bag, but he's he makes that comment about Miss Universe um, or Miss something on Letterman. Yeah, but it was like him? Miss Nude. Well, I'm going to defend yeah. him because he didn't, when he stayed over at Nancy's house, he slept downstairs. He didn't sleep in a bed with her. He did respect her wishes. Yeah, um, so I thought that was really polite. By the standards. I'm just defending your character choice. <laughs> by the standards of the time, he was a noble fellow and mm -hmm. he comes up with a key piece of information about halfway through the movie where he says he's like referencing some Mayan tribes or mystics or something. And, and he says that all you have to do to battle the, the demons of your nightmares is to not be afraid of them to, mm -hmm. you know, uh, turn your back on them. So <laughs> didn't work out very well for whether him, or not but... that's yeah an effective strategy soon enough Derek um we're not going to give you a choice uh but you know who you are <laughs> Mr. Fred Krueger himself 
Frederick. Yep. Frederick. Why? Because you wear the Freddy sweater all the time. <laughs> yeah, I do own a sweater that I stole from my friend Eddie, which rhymes with Freddy. Ooh, um, nice. And it, it does kind of look like a Freddy sweater, except it's green and blue and not green and red. But uh, plenty of times people have, have said that I look like Freddy wearing it. Yeah, it's it's weird. Actually, what's the what's the trivia on the the sweater? What I don't know. <laughs> you you wrote it down. So oh shit. It's, it's the, <laughs> Wes Craven changed the sweater color from like um I don't remember what it was originally, but he changed it to red and green because those like on film, those are supposed to be the least compatible uh colors or something. Yeah, okay, now it's not familiar. It was yeah, originally started as like a yellow and something else, but I can't remember the two colors. Oh, he changed pretty it, was really. like a B color, that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very scary. So and Derek wears a a um dirty brown fedora. So he's basically and he likes fire. Well, Freddie doesn't like fire though. No, Fre Freddie died because of fire. <laughs> well, let's you know, let's not rule it out. Okay. Um, <laughs> for Derek. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we've got our characters, Ashley's Nancy, the final girl. I'm Glenn, um, who gets has a rough, a bit of a rough go of it eventually. Mm -hmm. And Derek is the real winner of the franchise, the yeah. person who perseveres the longest. Mr. Fred, let's do um, some things that we loved and hated about the movie. But before we jump into that, let's uh, set the mood real quick. so Ooh. scary <laughs> that 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 version of the song is a little um overly like dramatic or has louder it's it's almost creepier in the movie because it's really quiet and really mm -hmm. it doesn't have those booming uh those bass sounds but yeah anyway most people probably remember that sweet lullaby and <laughs> um I wanted to talk first about just the premise for the movie, which I alluded to in my in my backstory as being just kind of a brilliant concept. But Ashley, what uh, what's the origin story? What how did Wes Craven come up with this? Sure. So um, Wes Craven first came up with it. Um, the basic idea of the movie from a series of articles in the L.A. Times over a three year period about a group of Southeast Southeast Asian refugees from the Hmong tribe, several of whom died in throes of horrific nightmares. Um, the group mm. had come to the U.S. to escape the murderous reign of Pol Pot, and within a year of arriving, three men had died in similar situations. The young, otherwise healthy men would have a nightmare. They refused to sleep for as long as they could. When they finally fell asleep from exhaustion, they'd wake up screaming, then die. Oh, my God. Jeez. Yeah. Autopsy results revealed that they had not died from heart failure, but simply just passed away. Um, it, it was, yeah, it simply just died. There's no like, heart failure or anything, which is crazy. Um, it was this inability to find a cause of death that intrigued Craven so much. Which, wow. it was, yeah, they even coined the term. So medica medical authorities have since called the phenomenon Asian death syndrome, a variant of sudden unexpected death syndrome. Hmm. Hmm. Which is, yeah, so pretty nuts. Well, it's it's kind of like the most extreme form of post-traumatic 
uh, mm-hmm. stress disorder. You have like, um, I mean, if, if if it's rooted in cultural or personal trauma, then yeah, uh, then it would be related related to something like going off to war and then coming back and not not being able to shake it. Um, yeah, I don't. That's a that's a really fascinating story. I almost for some reason wish I don't know that he just came up with it <laughs> yeah. out of thin air, but that doesn't that doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, like the fact that he personified what's happening in their mind is this like uh invisible threat that they that they can't shake. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he uh, that Craven decided to invent this Freddy character to to um personify that um <laughs> those those fears and those nightmares is is very disturbing or you know like a really creative uh addition to the mm-hmm. to the origin story yeah. um we don't know anything about what inspired the freddy character do we Mm-mm. yeah so i mean because no. this wasn't we i, I did a little other bit movie of reading. We watched. i did a little bit of research. oh Go for it. Tell us. I'm pretty sure uh, Fred Krueger, or I forget exactly what I read, but Fred Krueger was a bully that uh, bullied Wes Craven when he was growing up. Yep. So he he took that to the, the extreme, obviously, as well. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's almost like a fun Easter egg, just that he named him after a bully, because I presume his bully wasn't actually like a child murderer. Right. Um, yeah. One would assume that. <laughs> but it's... It, what's cool about that origin story is that sometimes it just takes this is not like a um dramatization of that news story this is him just taking inspiration from a uh, a totally separate thing one element of that mm-hmm. news story yeah and turning it into like an interesting horror premise the reason i think the premise is so brilliant is because in these slasher movies you get uh these elaborate kill sequences that really make no sense whatsoever. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, 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 they don't need to make sense. They're still fun. But in this movie, they make sense because they're working from dream logic. So yeah, whether or not the premise itself uh, makes sense to you doesn't really matter. Once you accept that, <laughs> that he can um, enter your dreams and affect you in real life through your dreams, then anything goes in dream world. And... This movie doesn't fully utilize the the more over the top like creative aspects of what you could do in a in a nightmare, <laughs> um, but it sticks to like just some fundamental, uh, re- fundamentally really disturbing stuff, um, like the first kill that that you described, Ashley, and then a lot of other moments. So, what were some of the other like? creepy freddy moments that stuck out to you from the movie ashley well for some reason at one point he stabs himself in the chest and magnets come out like he slices himself and there's magnets spill out it's pretty yeah, disgusting not just magnets but magnets. I mean, maggots i said it twice i was like i was like this is the right word yeah. Mag- maggots my three sips of Coors light really got to me and no sleep no sleep so right it's yeah really well, um so the maggots like pouring out of him was pretty disgusting like live like bugs a, just oh green, green or a yellow goo yeah, that was pretty gross. Um, the phone tongue. Mm, that was one of my favorites. And oh. that, so I, when I was reading as well, I heard that he was a child molester. So the tongue part kind of creeped me out. 
mm-hmm. just thinking There's that they tongue originally tongue. wrote yeah. that with the intention that he was a child molester. Yeah. But yeah, the. So Nancy's on the phone and she thinks it's her boyfriend calling her after she's already unplugged the phone and right. it's Freddie and you, it pans away and pans back. And the end of the phone has like this tongue sticking out of it, trying to like lick her mouth. It's oh, it looks hard to, it's licks hard to do justice mouth. to it. Oh yeah. To how good of a uh, like visual it is and all, all the stuff in this movie, of course. Well, there's probably a few moments of like really obvious cheesy C- CGI, but stuff like mm-hmm. that phone are all done practically. Mm-hmm. The, do you know? The wall. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and describe like the set that they used for these, like the Tina kill. Yeah. So they, so, well, that was in a different bedroom, the stretching. That was in front of Nancy. Do what? The stretching of the canvas. So, well, yeah, but they all, these are all sets. So, oh, yeah. So in one of the bedrooms, um, Nancy falls asleep for a second and then she, like, the cross, like, falls off the wall. <clears throat> and then she it's almost like you feel like a presence and it's stretching his like claws and hands are like stretching over her and over the bedroom like coming yeah. through the walls yeah, it's like an angled it's, uh attic mm-hmm. bedroom yeah. it's pretty cool i mean i like those it. special effects or effects yeah and i mean that that one's that one's pretty obvious i mean that like it it, it works from a visual standpoint it's like somebody uh a really tight layer of stretchy fabric that someone's poking there their head through like those um metal shaving things that you push your hand into and <laughs> and you see your hand come out the other called. side oh i forgot about those yeah um <laughs> so it's like the wall version of that but then they erected this um this rotating room or i mean i guess they just filmed it upside down like they did you had- read about how they filmed the tina stuff ashley where she's being drugged across the ceiling i didn't know derek because they they use the same so- effects in my death well, scene. So who was watching her die? What was the guy's name? Cliff? No. Probably. Rob. Loser. So he's actually he gets a pretty He doesn't help deal. her at all. Well, but he, yeah, he's he's, he's freak he's definitely in shock, but I was watching it and I was thinking that I think Rob was upside down and they filmed yeah. it right side up and they just were pulling her around through some sort of like cord or uh. something. Yeah, exactly. It might be simpler than I'm making it out to be, but they just filmed it upside because she's like crawling on the floor. But in the movie, mm-hmm. you see it as a ceiling. They guess they put the furniture um, upside, you know, on the other yeah. side. It's, yeah. It it sounds really complicated when you try to think about it, but really, it was just it was just a creative way to to film the scene. Same for Johnny Depp's death scene where he gets sucked into his bed and then. <laughs> Jesus. I think this oh might lead into your over under, Ashley. Yeah. Then an insane, insane amount of blood comes pouring out of the bed. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's a blood volcano. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 a full on uh, Mount Vesuvius. Yeah. <laughs> so in that much... scene, I was imagining them also filming that, but except it coming out like a volcano. They filmed it right side up, no, upside down, and then they showed it on film right side up. Yeah. So it's well, they showed it. It's coming out of like a drain, essentially. But in the film, it's coming out like a volcano. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. My over under for that is how many tons of blood do you think <laughs> were used? Fake blood were used in this movie? Oh, I, I thought you were going to give us gallons. Oh, gallons. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's not yeah. tons. Yeah, it's gallons. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, 500. 
I'm going to say if I'm looking, if I'm picturing like uh, jugs of milk in my apartment, um, I'm going to say 1500 jugs of milk. That's blood. Derek was right on the money. Oh, Five, okay. 500 gallons of blood. I, and I did not read that, but well, the thing is there's only, there's not a ton of kills in this movie. I mean, I'd say they used 450 gallons during that Johnny Depp scene. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, that's all, that's, that's where all the blood come from. Tina's, and also Tina's scene, um, because Tina's getting drugged across the ceiling and leaving like uh, a trail of blood. And it's, it's, it's pretty gory, but then she falls down from the ceiling and like splashes on the bed. And, and that's yeah. kind of what jogs her, her useless boyfriend out of, um, his, his shock. And, uh, yeah, but other than that, other than those two scenes, I mean, you you could probably get by with a um a pint or or two. Here <laughs> here. Um, so yeah, it was it was a um horrific, bloody, gory. What it was the what was the description earlier? A blood um, volcano. Yeah, oh. yeah. I meant on the I meant oh. strong, yeah. bloody horror violence. Yeah, strong, bloody horror violence. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they got that right. What what was so revolutionary uh, if you will about this movie is the freddy villain himself so we talked a lot or at least i did as usual <laughs> about uh how shut up the terminator Please. character i will i'm, I'm just gonna finish this, this very succinct point the terminator character uh reminded me of michael myers um just as this stoic like unkillable machine freddy couldn't be further removed from a Jason or a Mike Myers type. He's yeah. goofy. He's, um, he's demonstrative. got one-liners. Yeah, he's. They don't even talk. Like in the whole franchise, they they have a handful of lines. Um, and he's he's just. I don't know. Do you do you find it effective, Ashley, that he is a um, that we know more about the Freddy character, or does it work better when they're kind of like a faceless? Um, well, I think it makes them less scary. But I like that though. I like it bringing a little bit of humor into all the gore. But less... I think like, but I think like Michael Meyer, like I think he's terrifying. So. He... Yeah, it's like it's it's less scary, but more cre more creepy or more disturbing. Like it's it's not realistic, but it's more. I mean, do you think it's because he's more like a human? Like he's more like relatable. He's like well, making jokes. Why it kills you? I, I don't know if he's relatable. Maybe to Derek. Yeah. Um, well. <laughs> but his the character design itself is could be done just in a straight up like creep in a straight up disturbing uh horror way if they wanted it to um they mm -hmm. they just kind of most horror movies have jokes to break the tension this movie just is probably the best example of going the most extreme in both directions like i don't know i think it's i think it's the premise like i said that that makes everything they want to do pretty scary because if it's a dream it doesn't matter how unnatural it feels like you could, if I can go to sleep and have my worst nightmare, um, come to life, then, you know, uh, I'm not going to judge it on realism. Yeah. I mean, it's fair. Did you I don't have, know. 
Yeah. Oh, no, I was just going to say, I don't know if, I mean, I like his one-liners. I, I think, I mean, obviously not relatable, but I think for me, it like humanizes him. So then, in that sense, I don't see, it doesn't seem as scary as like a Mike Myers when you're watching and you're like, he's not saying anything. Like, where is he? Like, he just seems like very, right. like, you don't know. Like, he's like superhuman. So. Yeah. Um, here's an example. No yawning, Derek. Hey, Nancy. No running in the hallway. Sorry, I'm sorry. So not all the one-liners are like the, that scene is where Nancy is. Uh, she's falling asleep in class uh, because she was Ugh. staying up with nightmares the whole night. Derek, night wake before. up. And um, okay. she runs into like a student who is wearing the Freddy sweater, but is pretending to be like the hall monitor and looks like a normal person. It's just the Freddy voice can be scary. I don't know. I think. I think in Mike Myers and with Mike Myers and Jason, it's, it's kind of, uh, untapped potential. So I like, I like when Freddie's showing a little more personality, but that's just me. I did want to, um, ask a very important question. How many days does Nancy stay awake in this movie? Ashley? Oh, <laughs> uh, wasn't she on day seven or eight? I would say seven was the last time I remember talking about it. But God dang, I know like the record for staying awake um, in real life is eleven days. Hmm. Still, because she even mentioned that's even mentioned in the movie, and that hasn't changed. So that's still like the world record. But I feel like she mentioned seven. And I don't know if she pushed another day or not. But she's right. I guess that's. I mean, it's believable enough in the context of of this movie and. Um, before we talk about the the end and whether or not you know she was awake, I wanted to shout out one scene. It's probably the most iconic scene, but every time uh, I rewatch the movie, it it gets me. Is when Nancy is. Um, I think it's after she has that uh, episode at school. She goes home. She's unwinding with a nice bath. Um, she's got like this inflatable. Uh, raft propping up the back it's of a her bath head. pillow that's a thing so yeah, a, when molly watched it, yeah when molly watched it with all of us she had one growing up because i didn't think oh. that was a real thing but okay well maybe if you're trying not to fall asleep don't bring a pillow to the bath but right yeah that's what i said <laughs> nevertheless she falls asleep and what she's it's this really cool shot from like the opposite end of the tub with her um i mean it's it's sexualized but there's no nudity so she's got her knees uh, open and you're looking uh, from the other end of the tub and between her knees rises Freddie's claw hand. Um, mm-hmm. Then her mom that knocks on the door. Disturbing. Yeah. Yeah. Wakes her up. The claw hand disappears. She tells her mom to go away. <laughs> <laughs> Falls back asleep on her handy pillow and the hand is back and then pulls her underwater but, and by the way, her. Did, did you guys ever have one of those blow up pillows in the bathtub when you were growing up? No, we were just talking about. Yeah, yeah. Did did you? Are you sleeping? No, we did not have one. I had never heard of it. Oh, um, sorry. Um, I didn't fall asleep, but I'm losing it. Uh, Did you? I I did. Yeah, it was it was peach colored. Oh, okay. 
Um, like also, might have had a special relationship with this pillow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, I was also just going to say that it's impossible for you to drown in a bathtub. It's like nearly impossible because so you wake. So they did it on like a one of those murder podcasts I listened to, and they're talking about how your body going underwater like it jolts you up because you swallow the water for a second and then you like wake up like it's really hard to drown in a bathtub as an adult. So uh, got several questions, but I'll try to be quick. Um, one, okay. it doesn't matter. This isn't a question, but it, it doesn't matter because Freddie's holding her under. No, uh, I know. The, I'm just in saying movie. in real life because we were talking what about, about real life. What about the old, um, the old adage or warning that you can drown in two inches of water? I mean, that's just if you knock yourself out. If you're a ba- it's for, more for children too, yeah. like for babies, obviously. But if you hit your head, you can. Well, yeah, if tub. you add like blunt trauma with a bathtub with water, then yes, you can die. But if you're just trying to sleep in the tub, you can't die. Well, right. I wouldn't have assumed you could. Okay. Well, then stop for the line of questioning. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's get to the ending. So okay. Glenn, luckily for Nancy, kind of gives him gives her some clues before he uh, meets his aunt end. Um, his but, volcanic ending. Yeah, yeah. his his glorious oh, yeah. volcanic <laughs> um, explosion. Um, his old faithful. Yeah. So Nancy's plan, which is kind of her plan throughout the movie, is to lure Freddy out of the dream world into the real world where she could presumably hurt him for real. Um, It's unfortunate that they can be hurt for real in the dream world, but Freddy has like superpowers there. Whereas when he's in the real world, I guess he loses his superpowers. I mean, he's still got knife hands and, and stuff, but he's still he's killable. Whereas I don't think they could kill him in the dream world because he would just like uh, manipulate Respond. it. Yeah. Yeah. So she successfully pulls him out of the dream world into her house that has been boarded up. <laughs> or like she, she pulled some from her, mo- home, her mom home alone did it. style. Yeah. yeah. Home alone yeah. style so, tactics. What did y'all think about her booby traps or her whole like, what well, was her plan, Ashley? Maybe you can describe it. Uh, can I? <laughs> so. Well, let's do it. So she also has like 10 minutes to do this because she tells her boyfriend or whatever. She's like, or her dad, I guess, in 30 minutes, come back, wake me up at this time. So she has like 10 minutes of trying to fall asleep, 10 or 15 of setting the booby traps, like five, like whatever time. So not a lot of time. Hmm. She makes these elaborate booby traps, like all over her house to trap Freddie. One of them is a hammer coming down from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. So when he opens the door, it'll hit him. But it just hits him in the stomach. He's like, oh, that hurt. Like, he's fine. Well, no, it actually works. Uh, I mean. Ups- wait, no, no, no. So the hammer hitting him in the stomach wouldn't have done much. But somehow hammer, by it the way. causes right. him yeah. to fall forward and break through the stairs and then tumble down the stairs. So it does work. It's just oh, yeah. she couldn't have possibly planned all that. No. Right. And then the next booby trap is this wire on the ground, which is connected to gunpowder. Mm-hmm. To light him on fire. <laughs> well, the fire thing makes sense. I mean, basically, yeah. the best way to uh, kill him or at least scare him is with fire because that's how he was killed in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fire thing is obviously going to be his main weakness. Uh, but of course, she brings him into the, the house. She can't really contain him. She can't get any help because the house is locked from the outside. <laughs> so she's yeah. trapped him in there with her own self who's trapped. 
she does get him down to the basement and manages to light him on fire. And when her dad finally comes back to the house, then they have to chase him, his like flaming body uh, around the house um, while he's trying to kill the mom. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So he pulls the mom back into the dream, dream world. world or into the bed. This is where things, if it sounds like it's where it's confusing, it's because they are, and maybe it should have been. Um, he pulls the mom into the bed and the dad for the first time, someone other than the kids witnesses this. So, but he doesn't react really at confusing. all. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, he just stands there. Like doesn't react to his wife getting dragged into the dream world he, or to Freddy or to any, like he just, it's kind of. In stark. fairness, it's a, a, again, kind of like Glenn. He's dumbfounded. I mean, like he, but he's a cop. You think he'd be like, Oh, I see weird shit all the time. I mean, not I that weird. I don't think anybody sees this. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> how many cops have seen someone get like so pulled many. into a, into a bed dimension. Um, I'll do a survey. Like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, but, eventually the way that nancy disposes of freddie seemingly once and for all is he comes back out of the bed she commands him to come back out and bring her mother while he's at it and so he comes back out of the bed and in a bold move she just turns her back on him yeah because she's not gonna she's she calls him names um she turns her back on him she's showing him and her performance sells it. She's actually, she's not scared. She's, yep. she's standing up to him and he goes to grab her and just like disintegrates into thin air basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so did you find, we'll get to the, the post <laughs> sequence, but did you find that finale satisfying? Like, no. A, yeah. I mean, well, that's why I was why like, that can't, was like, that can't be it. More. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so, the other ending. I, I came across this trope, um, which I'm not even, sh- I've never heard this word before. I'm assuming, there we go. There's the trope word. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm assuming it's a play on climax, but it's called Gynax um, okay. ending. A Gynax <laughs> ending is an ending that doesn't make any sense or does make sense, <laughs> but it's hidden under enough mind screw to not have an easy explanation. What? Mind screw and gynex. Well, it could yeah. be intended well. as a sequel hook to a sequel that hasn't yet been made. So what was clear was that they wanted this movie to be set up for other movies. Um, so once Freddy disintegrates or disappears into thin air, the movie changes into this like totally different um, cinema matic style it's like hazy and bright and looks like pleasantville kind of yeah exactly it looks and the music is is upbeat and happy and nancy is going off to school with with the whole gang actually is everyone back yeah Yeah, they're all in the car yeah so it's clearly a dream as soon as we see them um she gets into glenn's convertible and the top of the convertible are is the colors of freddie's sweatshirt so Mm. freddie is the convertible (laughs) <laughs> or he's also in the house because he drags the mother in from the porch yeah. through the front door, uh, which was cool. Um, and then we're just kind of left scratching our heads. And the kids are jumping rope, singing. Yeah, and then we see the kids from the, the lullaby. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you make of the, the post-ending? 
Um, I was really confused at first because I didn't, and then I had to do some research and I was like, oh, so her bringing him back and all of that was not real. Or wait, well, that was real. There's but no then, definitive answer. By yeah, the way. it was kind of confusing. I kind of wish they had stuck to one or the other and not done both. So, yeah, I mean, it. It. The reason I, I, I'm fine with it because the whole movie uses this dream logic. I'm not gonna like. Uh, yeah. Reevaluate everything that that came before it necessarily, but like, I'm just gonna assume that at some point during like that final sequence, we were in a dream and then you know she didn't actually kill him so she's still in you know inception style yeah in a dream another a dream. layer of the dream mm-hmm. um, that makes sense to me i mean it's not meant to be like i mean she's just still asleep once you're asleep anything anything goes so yeah um at what point she fell asleep we'll never know <laughs> but she will come back in the third movie so we do know that much. That's enough for highs and lows. Now it's time to take a quick break from our discussion of Nightmare on Elm Street while we tune our dials to NR84 for New Release Radio. This is where we give you a taste of what was happening this week back in 1984. All right, sorry about that. Wake me up. Before you go, go. You said that that was before Wham, by the way. Nope. You did. He He did. did. I was there. I'll fact check. Okay, awesome. Thank you, Ashley. I said it's. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Okay. Um, am beer. I playing when? Yes. And then is the next sound a uh, moment of truth? No. Okay. I've got it. Yes, it is. I'm so frustrated. <clears throat> Dude, we're, it's fine. This is an easy cut. No, I know it is, but I'm just, I don't. I know what I said. Okay. I'm going to start over and you can shut the hell up. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Love you, baby. Wake me up. The song you just heard was not Moment of Truth. It was Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go by Wham, up one spot to number four on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of November 9th, 1984. Ashley, fill us in on what's happening in news or pop culture this week. Sure. Incumbent Republican President Ronald Reagan is re-elected President of the United States in a landslide, winning 49 states and defeating Democrat candidate Walter Mondale, Mondale who obviously mm-hmm. we've never heard of. Um, the one state he did not get is Minnesota. I think that's where he was from. Um, <laughs> must be nice to have a clear, decisive, decisive election. Yeah, that's pretty, pretty clear. Um, what about the box office? Yeah. So this weekend we've got a new number one. Oh God, you devil. Oh, made 5. Okay. 5. 5 million. This is the third movie in the Oh God trilogy. Wow. It did that well. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Terminator, um, 3.1 million, down 24%. I, I was actually a little surprised by that number. I thought yeah. um, it would be gaining in popularity, but no small affair. 
coming in at 2.4 million. Another new release, a rom-com that is probably meant to be sweet in the 80s, but it's where this 16-year-old photographer kid basically stalks a 20-something-year-old Demi Moore um, until wow. she falls in love with them. So. Oh, she does. How romantic. Yeah. So that's, how, that's how true love works? You yeah. Just, just stalk, stalk until you get what okay. you want. Yeah, awesome. It's just about commitment. Good, um, good, good, oh. good to know. Number 10 on this week's box office charts is A Nightmare on Elm Street, 1.2 million, but that's from only 165 theaters. So it had wow. the highest per screen average of any movie on the list. Wow. That's, yeah. that's pretty good. And it took, um, so he started shopping around for, the, for someone to pick this up for three, he did for three years from 81 to 84 until it was finally made, by the Interesting. way. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Moving on now for everyone's favorite segment on new release radio. Rank the blank. Pew, pew, pew. You're giving it all. Oh. It's in your own hands. It's the moment of truth. You're giving it all. Standing alone. William Defoe. Beautiful. This is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. This week, it's going to be Freddy's most nightmarish kill. But before we get into kills, I thought it'd be fun. Where should we do that? Do you want me to play the hawk sound there? No. Well, then delete the hawk out of there. Get it out of here. That wasn't the hawk sound. That wasn't even the hawk sound. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I could have. I could have dealt with the hawk sound. Okay. Um, don't worry about that. So, right. before we get into the kills, we're going to run through some of our favorite Freddy zingers. Last week we did um, favorite movie one-liners, and we could have done a whole segment on Freddy alone because. He's got quite the silver tongue. Um, <laughs> actually, do you want to also warning? One of Freddie's favorite words is "bitch." Yeah, and <laughs> his language is R-rated. So, all right, you us. ready? It's Freddie. Welcome to my world, bitch. Now I'm playing with power. What a suck face! <laughs> Kung fu, this bitch. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Those are some Freddy Zingers. Um, welcome to showbiz, bitch. <laughs> or I think it's welcome to primetime. That's a good yeah. one. Um, where he like grabs uh, the character and pulls her into into the TV. I think she's watching MTV. Mm. Um, actually, <laughs> you did an Instagram poll uh, for all of our listeners' worst nightmare. Did we get any interesting responses there? So we got the typical clowns a lot, which makes sense. Clowns are terrifying. Mm. Um, we also got getting chased by dinosaurs in their dream. Oh, whoa, which, that's I guess if they're like if they're like scary dinosaurs, I guess it makes sense. They're huge and could kill you. Um, and then we also got, which I think this is just a nightmare overall in general, is like getting your rings stuck on your fingers and they get too swollen to get them off. But what if that was like a nightmare and then your fingers all fell off and because they lost feeling and i think freddie could work with that one for sure yeah i think that's definitely a freddie nightmare so that was a couple of them um okay well 
<laughs> the rings one is just funny. Didn't to me. you I've never didn't worn you rings? Wanna, Sorry. <laughs> didn't you want to talk about your worst nightmare, Ashley? I mean, I can talk about it. Yeah. So my worst nightmare followed after watching Beetlejuice when I was too young to watch it. When I had a sleepover, and so I would fall asleep, and I'd have this dream every night about the like snake creature in Beetlejuice climb like crawling around in front of our yard, like coming into our house. <laughs> Was that was so actually scary. me in a in a snake costume. Do you remember when you scared me that one time? <laughs> no. We'll bring this up. Okay, really quickly. Um, one time <laughs> in the middle of the night, I went to the bathroom, and then I came back, and like all the lights were off, and I like went into bed, and I felt like a shift in the bed, and I was like, "Oh, that's weird." And I look up, and Drew's standing over me just standing there and I screamed as loud as I could and our parents were like Ash are you okay and I just couldn't say anything so now I know if I get scared I'll just be like mute so awesome thanks. yeah thanks yeah, it sounds traumatic yeah it was that's why I still remember it <laughs> well luckily it wasn't traumatic for me because I, I, I don't remember it yeah um, figured. <laughs> another another night out so <laughs> let's let's get into our choices for most nightmarish Freddy kill uh, first we have to do one from the movie we're going to go with, um, there's two options, really. Um, I guess, how, am I, what other Well, Blood Volcano, there? The Hanging, and The Jail Cell. Yeah, there's The Hanging and The Jail Cell. That one's not nightmarish. It's it's just kind of, um, one thing that Freddie likes to do is frame his victims as committing suicide. Because mm -hmm. in true horror movie fashion, you know, the parents or the other characters that aren't being stalked by Freddie would never believe what's going on so if it looks like a suicide um, which it pretty much always does because you know unless he frames another person as the killer right. it mm -hmm. looks like self-inflicted um but this one he had uh the boyfriend character hang himself and then we have johnny depp's volcanic kill which we've described <laughs> enough but we're gonna go with the tina kill it's the first kill in the movie and it really sets the tone um she's getting brutally drug across the ceiling there's blood everywhere and then here's her useless boyfriend cowering by the the lamp in the corner um here's a little snippet please god this is god I wanted to use that clip, which is the start of the dream, because I mean, one of the things that's creepiest about Freddy is he toys with his victims. He doesn't just kill them in an efficient manner. If that was the, if that was the goal, he would be um, able to dispose of them really easily. But he uh, appears to Tina in a dark alley. His arms like grow and expand out so that he can reach the um, cinder block or brick wall with his metal fingers and drag them across it and then chase her down. And anyway, it's, it's, it's all leading up to her being um, killed in the, in the bedroom. But Ashley, we've, we're going to be moving on from the first movie for the rest of our kill. So which one did you pick? So I chose, it's called the cockroach trans cockroach. I can't talk today. Cockroach transformation. Um, and I'll just explain it a little bit. So when you hear the sounds, you know, what's happening. Um, so basically this girl's working out at the gym, Freddie appears and he's like pushing the bar down into her arms. So her arms are getting weak and then out of her elbows, they both Oof. break. Oh no. And then a cockroach, like a cockroach arm starts poking out through her elbows as they're like breaking open. And then wow. she falls over 
And then she lands into like this gooey mess and sticking all over her face as she like morphs into a cockroach and like her skin peels away. Yes. Enjoy. <laughs> um. That's all those, yeah. No. <laughs> You're fucked up, Jesus this is, Christ. This is definitely, the, well, of the ones that I've refreshed myself on, the most elaborate Cronen, Cronenbergian body horror transformation of any of the movies. Like, um, the the practical effects on display, both when her elbows tear at the at the <sighs> joints, Freddie's Freddie's doing her a service and spotting her during her workout. So it starts out with a nice like. No, he's pushing the metal in. Or yeah, but I'm saying like it. he's he's standing behind her like a spotter. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, he but he could choose than... to be a proper spotter, but yeah. he then changes his mind. It's Freddy, yeah. <laughs> what's, and what's good about Ashley's choice, and it's going to relate to mine as well, is un, for some reason in the first movie, or I guess Craven just hadn't really thought about it yet, the, the nightmares aren't really specific to the characters, are they? I mean, they're not. No. They're just generic nightmares. And yep. this one... Um, I think the character that turns into a bug is scared of bu- is scared of cockroaches. Yeah, terrified. So that's mm-hmm. her worst. That's her worst nightmare for me. Um, and that was from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Four, I believe, the Dream Master. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I picked one from Nightmare Three, which is my favorite, other than the first one, where uh, Freddy is uh being. I mean, he's basically being uh, attacked by this punk rocker chick, Taryn, who is a pretty formidable foe, uh, but she has one weakness, and it's probably heroin, something injectable. Yeah. And so he turns his finger knives into finger syringes, (laughs) and she just, like, freezes up. It's really sad. Like, she's in a uh, – all the characters in the third one are in this, uh, like, recovery home. Mm-hmm. Um, a facility, and so she's doing good on her recovery, but it's pretty hard to uh, <laughs> to battle your recovery when you're in a nightmare. So her arms like turn Ugh. into these little suckers, and I'll just stop there because we're gonna hear the the sound That's effects. So gross. high on her somehow while he's injecting uh, yeah. 10 syringes of some nightmare drug. He gets drug. high off of, her, off of his murder. Right. Yeah. So that one that one is scary on like a character and emotional level. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's why I chose that. Derek, what did you choose? Well, everybody loves pizza, right? <laughs> P-I-Z-Z-A. P-I-Z-Z-A. <laughs> so this... <laughs> This is a scene where uh, Freddy is fucking with people's minds and some of his victims are turned into meat meatballs on a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> if it sounds silly, it is. It is, but it's also gross. Yeah. Um, I don't think this is the clip. 
333. Yeah. Let me Oh, soul food. All right, here we go. And this uh this kill is called Soul Food. <laughs> Favorite. No, come on, no. Come on, no. Don't you just love picking up those meatballs off of a pizza? Where you little meatball. I love soul food. Oh, okay. We need to. I'll I'll describe this one in more oh, detail. I was gonna, so, oh, go ahead. Rick, you little meatball. It's probably my favorite one-liner for one, and it's this big meat lovers pizza where everyone's shrunken head are like the sausage pieces, and he digs his knife finger into one of them like and piercing the side of its head his head i mean it's like there's a lot of miniatures in these movies so sometimes mm-hmm. you'll see like something that's pretty gory but in miniature form so i mean it's like a it's a gory headshot but it's a <laughs> little sausage sized head and then he <laughs> chom- chomps down on it and just kind of like the the gooey crunch sound that it makes is and like some ooze and stuff too this is this has got to be one of the first Freddy movies I saw because I've always remembered this scene, and this one is also from uh, the fourth installment. So I'm pretty sure I saw I saw some of these before the original. Um, this scene's always stuck with me, even though it's Derek's pick. <laughs> okay, we always like to start with the move the choice from the movie. So we've got Tina's ceiling kill. We'll call it. Mm-hmm. Um, Ashley, what are you thinking? I think I almost want to put that one up number one, only because I'm so scared by it. It's bru- It's the most brutal. It's well, that's, okay. it's, uh, that's that's hard to define. It's the yeah. most realistic, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, as the movies go on, as I said, for the most part, it's pretty. It's a pretty linear path to to campiness. Um, but I don't think that's necessarily so let's just zero in on the topic real quick. Most nightmarish. I mean, if depends on what you're sensitive to. So if you're sensitive to something that is more likely to happen, then this one would be first. But if you're sensitive to something that is just more personal and disturbing, Mm -hmm. I think either the cockroach or the drug one is more disturbing on a personal level. So I would probably put both of those higher. Um, And I think they were just more creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just, I mean, the one with the teen, with Tina is just so, it's just tough for me to watch. But I also don't want to be transformed into a cockroach and have my elbows break and um, my whole body just melt away. So, one one thing that's interesting about all these scenes is sometimes you get a cross cut between what the character is seeing in the dream world and what they're doing in real life. I'm not sure the movies are always consistent with like mm-hmm. how the how it treats that logic, but like. In the cockroach one, she's the size of a cockroach, but she's like experiencing it. Like we're seeing it at first, like a full size person, but then we see Freddie holding up a um, like a match box or like mm-hmm. a, a, a big match box, and she's inside it. And he squishes it, and that's how he yeah. kills her. So it's like there's just all these layers of of visual imagery in that one. I would probably put that one first. Woo, I guess. Um, <laughs> and then I would put uh, maybe the finger maybe, kni- the pe- mm. I'm gonna, I don't think the finger knives one is the pizza most, one. Is, 
funny. Yeah. I don't think it des- it deserves the most nightmarish because it's just kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I did read in the YouTube comments for that clip that somebody was never able to eat sausage pizza again. So, <laughs> well, so for one person out there, yeah, it could have a more like lasting practical impact on on your life. So you think um, you think cockroach number 1? Yeah, I think cockroach number 1 it's by far the most elaborate mm-hmm. uh, effects scene uh, of and the ones I rewatched visually. Yeah. yeah. It's disgusting. It's got it's got the workout scene and then it's got the cockroach scene. I mean, what a transition. Like rather right. than just have her start turning into a cockroach, mm-hmm. she has to like snap her elbows backwards what? first. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a double double whammy. Uh-uh. Uh, none of that. Cockroach one, Tina, yep. Tina two. Yeah, Tina two for sure. Definitely for nightmarish. Definitely nightmarish. Syringes the, or pizza? S- syringes. Yeah, okay. that's scarier. Okay, syringes three, and then pizza four. But it's a. Uh, I like that we have some variety. It's kind of a mm-hmm. supreme. Um, I knew you were gonna go oh pizza pun. I knew it. <laughs> supreme. Oh, man, that's so predictable. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a pineapple uh, medley. Of- I love pineapple. Yeah, well, it's it's gross. Um, <laughs> pineapple and and uh, Harry Shrek- Potter. <laughs> yeah. um, Indiana Jones's favorite pizza. Well, um, are we ready to move on? It's almost time to sign off on new release radio for this week and give our final thoughts on A Nightmare on Elm Street. But before we do, let's listen to a track that shot up to number 12 on this week's Billboard Top 100. Shot up. Mm, This precious time when time is new Oh, all through the night today you want me to play more of this, but that's not allowed, by the way. I don't like it. <laughs> Never mind. I like it. I don't know. All I feel like it's, I'm waiting for it to like hit, and it does, and you're like, cool. I don't know. It doesn't Man, do it for me. What a hater. Yeah. That was All Through the Night by Cindy Lauper, Ashley's favorite song from 1984. <laughs> Now back to our feature presentation. Oh, that's a hard to find radio station. Ashley, <laughs> how are the reviews for A Nightmare on Elm Street? They were really strong, which I didn't know because horror movies, you never know. But yeah, I was surprised. I read at the top of the Wikipedia page, rave reviews. Yeah. Yep. No, they were, um, they came in really strong. I don't know if the rest of the movies did as well, but I'm assuming not, but the first one did. Um, so this is a section where I do two true views and a lie. <laughs> so these are all three reviews. Um, one is by me and two are by actual critic critics. And then you keep guys mind, decide what you are going to trick us this week. Yeah. Okay. I'll keep in mind. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. So here are the three reviews. You ready? Yes. All right. The first one. A fun slasher with all the blood you could want and delightful kills. Hmm. One. Okay. Two. Can we go to sleep? Is it safe? When filmmakers attack real life phobias and security blankets, horror films hit a peak high. Interesting. Two. Okay. And three. Wes Craven makes murder fun. 
I'm going to say, man, the beginning of the third one, the beginning of the second one sounded like Ashley started it, but the way that it ended was a legit critic. And I agree. It's the third one. You might have a strict. Okay. Do you guys want to know what's going on? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I did two of them. (laughs) Oh, classic Ashley maneuver. Two true booze and a bly. (laughs) Sure. Oh, and a die. Yeah, yeah. Why would you not say die? Um, so yeah, so Wes Craven makes murder fun was me, and then a fun slasher with all the blood you could want and delightful kills is also me. Hmm. So the second one was the real one. The second one was a yeah, was kind of weird. What did it? What yeah. was it again? Can we go to sleep? Is it safe when filmmakers attack real life phobias and security blankets? Horror films hit a peak hmm. high. Nice. Well, uh, again, like uh, that's that applies to the premise in general, but it wasn't really attacking real life phobias. I mean, it, it right. should have been, it should have been. Yeah. The phobia here is just that like, nobody believes <laughs> it's like every <laughs> horror movie. Nobody believes what we're going through and, and mm-hmm. uh, we're going to have to get ourselves out of it. it. It is cool to know just in general though, that it was received well off the bat. I mean, anytime you do something, a lot of the slasher movies, uh, were becoming really repetitive and really unoriginal and everybody was copying uh, Friday the 13th was a copy of Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, And then everybody was copying the success of those. And like we said earlier, this was original because uh, Freddy was a totally different type of villain, not to mention uh, the original twist on the, on the premise. So it's, it's in just the clever, Wes Craven would go on obviously to write um, Scream and Mm -hmm. um, actually he would go on to direct Scream. I think Kevin Williamson wrote it, but he would, he was really smart and aware of the genre. Like he was never trying to do the same thing as everyone else. He was trying to to push it forward or like comment on it in the case of Scream. So um, rest in peace, Wes. I think he mm-hmm. died uh, in the last year or two. So um, we lost a legend there. But Freddie lives on. Ashley, yeah. <laughs> did this movie win any awards? It did. Um, it won at the Avores Fantastic Film Festival for the hmm. Critics' Choice Award, which is for Wes Craven. Um, and then there's a special mention winner for Heather Lingenkamp for the acting in parentheses, by the way. That was Nancy. Um, yeah, I like I liked it. Yeah, and then there were a couple of nominations, um, like best horror film, best performance by young actor, not Johnny Depp. I was and... gonna say, did anyone single out who would become the big star from this movie? <laughs> no, yeah. no, he was fine. He, he was nominated for best young supporting actor in a motion picture, musical, comedy, adventure, drama, or horror, but he was just nominated, so he didn't. Win. Was he? Did you find him handsome or charismatic, or is it kind of hard to separate? You know what you already he know was... about him. I mean, he was very handsome, but yeah. he didn't. His character is kind of uh, his junk. Me. You could see his junk through his tight pants. I, I didn't noticed. even notice, Derek. Well, I did, so I just had to bring it up. <laughs> I guess you're the real Freddy Krueger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I do have some Ashley Alliteration Jesus, Awards. Please, okay. Hammer us. Okay, um, Freddy's freaky fingers fucking friends up for real. Ooh. <laughs> um and then another one is there's two more so disastrous death by dreaming damn 
<laughs> and then <laughs> damn and then um bodacious bod e-bag and that's it Ooh, who does that go to do these awards just apply to the movie or i mean that was specifically for tina and the body bag but um Ooh, damn but yeah they're just awards overall for the most part this movie <laughs> didn't have any nudity right no um i thought there would be i was kind of surprised there yeah i guess yeah, they just went with all the gore all the blood they could find instead it had um one thing we didn't talk about because y'all refused to talk about uh the sex scenes in in the movies we watch <laughs> it had a very um loud and seemingly like mutually satisfying sex scene between tina and her boyfriend before they were before she was murdered yeah that's nice well it was just yeah. like it went on i guess it was sort of supposed to be played for comic effect but it seemed like they were both I don't know. It wasn't like a one-sided affair. Right. If you have sex, you die. So Yeah. I got it. I'm just saying. Yeah, you can describe all the sex scenes in the movies if you want. I usually skip over them, but I'll pay more attention. Much like Terminator, it was both parties were resolved. They didn't hold hands though this time. So No. Well, we didn't even see what we Yeah, we just heard him. Yeah. <laughs> um let's Let's um, put this into the context of the other movies we've watched. On a scale of 1 to 84, how 80s do we think this movie is? Judging by music, wardrobe, the cast, cinematography, things like that. Last week, we had our first perfect score with The Terminator. Oh, um, yeah. 84 out of 84. Yeah, baby. Broke Derek's TI 83. Yeah, um, couldn't go to 84 yeah and just shot right open uh but yeah we've got the toxic avenger at 82 the ghostbusters ghostbusters at 80 the ghostbusters the ghostbusters um where this is it's tough before we watched it i was expecting to want to put it near the top of the list and mm -hmm. i'm but i'm curious first where where you think ashley I wouldn't put it near the top. I mean, so wardrobe, yes. Actors, I mean, giant up start, but not really. Um, music, I don't know. I don't even think it's above. I would give it like a like low 70s. Okay. Okay, so here's my counter argument. Sure. There's nothing, hardly anything more 80s than the 80s slasher movie i mean like this is kind of what i what i get at every time but there's no genre that more epitomizes the 80s for me and um i don't know if we were doing this when we watched but, friday let's the say we watched because friday the 13th isn't on here but yeah we weren't doing it yeah so, so we weren't sense. that we weren't ranking it or else it would have been the highest one out of two that we had watched so far um, <laughs> I still think this is pretty high just because like mm -hmm. it spawned a franchise. So it, it, it gets high marks on the iconicness. The Freddy character is very eighties horror. The genre, obviously the music isn't super synthy, but the piano score, I think mm -hmm. feels pretty eighties. Yeah. Obviously Heather's hair and, and wardrobe crop, Johnny top. Depp's crop top. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be above an 80 for me. I mean, or, really? you know, I'd, I'd, put it above, I'd put it in a tie with Ghostbusters at 80 at least. Damn. Derek, what do you think? Calculating? 
It's more 80s than Karate so, Kid for me. So last last week, Drew, you mentioned that my TI-84 exploded. So I yep. it's it, I left it in 84, even though it came out way past 84. So I've got somebody from 84 fixing it. So it won't work <laughs> in the future. We need to put some Perfect. old 84 electronics inside of like a 90s, 2000s calculator. You lost me. So, well, yeah. so, like, what? So, so our scooters we have you know advanced technology but we're using old school technology to travel back in time right yeah so we don't anyway so before i handed over the broken calculator it it spat out an 81 perfect oh okay i'm okay with that above ghostbusters by a point dude some think- of those some of the music was some of that synthy music where like a kill started to happen it just got really animated Anyway, that that's uh, I mean, mostly when it's in, it went into the uh, calculations there. I just think we have to. It's a genre that feels more '80s than than pretty much anything anything else. I mean, the Toxic Adventure. So it's beating is, is, Sixteen Candles. That seems weird to me, but. Yeah, I mean, I think this. I I, I think those movies are more timeless, and this is more like specific the, to the, yeah. the, the the moment. I mean, obviously they've okay. continued making them, but I feel like the teen comedy is yeah less is okay. more more universal so all right 81 all right. third place do we recommend people watch this original watch um any of the nine or the eight movies that came after it <laughs> or do we want to see some kind of alternate take on the freddy universe so i would say to definitely watch the original yeah i would recommend it but I think a prequel would be cool. Like he has him as a kid and like how he became who he is. I always like the origin stories. Yeah. If they were going to, I think I haven't seen the 2010 one that they, they basically remade the original, but I think they put in some flashbacks. I might be wrong there. Um, but I want like I the whole they, movie to be him as a kid. Totally. Yeah. I'm fine. Um, I, I was really intrigued by that story I referenced earlier, mm-hmm. that script, that whole script is, is out there. I think I don't. I don't know if you can read read it or not. But it's uh, they had a lot of material from it in the story that I read. So, um, I would that was told more from the the adults' perspective. But I'm sure it would have given a lot more insight into the Freddy character. And I think the reason that they made him sympathetic in that version is that he becomes the most popular character in the franchise. Like you're like a, any good slasher, you end up, you start rooting for the <laughs> the killer and not the, yeah. the character. So um, it would put a whole new light on things if he had been wrongly accused in the first mm-hmm. place and was, although it wouldn't justify his actions. No, like, and I don't want, <laughs> so in the prequel, I don't want him to be a good kid. Right. So. Yeah. I mean, it's probably not going to start off. I mean, Michael Myers in the first scene of the first Halloween, uh, you see him, com- you know, killing his what sister or babysitter. Um, uh, I think you see him killing his sister. Babys- yeah, I don't remember. Um, so I mean, he was evil from day one. It would mm-hmm. be interesting to learn if this was a, you know, something innate or something turned him. So mm-hmm. or you know, like most things, some combination of the two. Uh, I did want to mention that, you know, obviously this movie has spawned a ton of sequels. 
compared to Friday the 13th, there's been 12 of those. And interestingly enough, there's been 12 Halloweens now. So Freddie is lagging <laughs> behind on the sequel count. But just quickly, this topic has been done to death, Ashley. But if they were making new movies, which of those three franchises are you more excited to see continued? Well, if Rob Zombie does Halloween, then Halloween. Yeah. Well, he's not. I mean, they've already they already have a new Halloween made and it was going to come out now. Oh, uh, then... They had one come mm-hmm. out. Last, did you see the the recent one that came out? Mm-mm. It was good. With Jamie Lee Curtis, she was back in it, right? Yeah. 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 No, I didn't so see that's that. A, that's going to be a, a, a. Okay. Rob Zombie already made one, and it was bad. I liked it. H two O. I mean, I didn't hate it. I think I saw that in theaters. Um, I, I like the, new, the newer one more. I think if they made a Freddy that wasn't like super cheesy and more scary, like darker. Mm-hmm. Like it. I would, I'd be interested. Yeah, like it or yeah. yeah. Well, it was okay, but I'd be more interested in watching if it was a darker tone. It's too late to go into it now, but obviously, it uh, uses a lot of the same scare tactics mm-hmm. as the Freddy franchise. Yeah. So that's interesting. Last topic: what to include from. A Nightmare on Elm Street in the new release Wax Museum. Blood Volcano. Oh, I you were waving your fingers because well, obviously it's glove, but Blood Volcano. So is this this is another get another interactive exhibit? Yeah, you get to walk through and get covered in blood. Is Charlie Sheen still hanging around? By the way, oh, I haven't seen him. What did we do to him last week? (laughs) We talked him out of. <laughs> so Charlie Sheen's a janitor, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the janitor. I haven't Much seen like him. Was. I haven't seen him in a week, so I'll go look for him in a little bit. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna need him. He has to clean with, it up. Yeah, multiple. <laughs> we're gonna need to uh, give him a Christmas bonus and get him three more mops. Yeah. Uh, so you're welcome. The 500 gallons of blood that we're gonna be expending <laughs> on a daily basis, and Wait. we're probably gonna need some kind of. It's be like a water exactly. ride, but it's the that's blood what volcano. it is. It's it's old faithful, but it's the yeah, volcano. Yeah. So mm. it, it goes yeah. off like once a day at a certain time. Yeah, and everyone and gathers around it and yeah. gets blood all over them. Yeah. That's cool. that's where it's Perfect. at. Charlie Sheen, it. we gotta train him on how to clean that up and recycle that blood so we don't have to buy so much. Yeah, agree. Yeah. Like stop eating drinking it all, Charlie. <laughs> yeah. He's hungry. <laughs> Man, that oh. was fun. Um as Derek reminded us at the end of last week, just a quick summary of how we felt about the movie. Like I loved this movie, rewatching this movie. It's one of my favorites of the year. Uh, I was looking forward to it and it definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, what about for you, Ashley? I give it 10 stabs. I really liked it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Any final thoughts, Derek? Yeah, I, I loved it. Um, the practical effects were rad. The acting was fine. I, I don't know. This this started a, a, a series of really good horror films. Yeah. And it, re- it continued. It reinvigorated the horror. Genre, yeah. yeah. And it also created more of the same with uh, Elm's, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, 3, 4, 5. Forever. Uh, <laughs> et cetera. Yeah, so, it gave us yeah. a a horror legend mm-hmm. well and um, also rest in peace uh what's the actor's name that plays freddie 
Oh, Robert England. Yeah, mm-hmm. he died a couple of years ago. So him and Wes Craven died in short succession. I'm gonna say so. Robert. Are they England? buried together? Maybe it was Wes Craven. Yeah, but... I know Wes Craven. Yeah, I don't died know recently. Robert. I feel like so, Robert England's been in stuff. Well, so Robert England was. Um, I think he's, he's oh, still you know, alive. He's still acting. He is still alive. You're yeah. right. You know, yeah. I actually had a chance. I guess I was confused with uh, Wes Craven, but I had a chance to meet Robert England at uh, Comic Con here in Portland. It was like was 40 he alive? Bucks. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Last alive. time anyone ever he saw was, him, he was killing everybody though. So yeah. anyway, oh, anyway. Hmm. That's cool. Oh, thank goodness. Um, he's still with us. So that's it for Nightmare on Elm Street. Next week, we have a movie that combines zombie action with badass ladies. Actually, can you can you uh, translate Drew's badass ladies into what it should actually be? Badass people. Okay, I'll translate it. Badass bitches. And this oh, is, I was like, uh... <laughs> no, nah, this is what we're going to watch next week, dude. I'm so excited. Did you ever wonder what it would be like to be one of the last people on Earth? We're talking ghost town! Who would you see? There's nobody. Where would you go? The stars are up ahead! What will you give me if I come back? Texas? Ready to find out because the comet is coming into yeah! your orbit. Night of the Comet, rated PG 13. So upbeat. Friday, November 16th at a theater near you. Check newspaper. Yeah. Did you remember this one? We're also going to have a special guest next week. Ooh. Jamie. Ooh. One nice. of our biggest fans of the podcast. I'm not <laughs> sure she's ever listened to it, but she's going to be. Is a... she still outside of your window every time we record? Yeah, staring, yeah. staring at you. Okay. Not creepy. Watching. I also um, thought Night of the Comet was a rom com, so I'm pumped. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's definitely oh my not. God. Um, nope. It's it's very. Cool. I think I'm you're gonna love it, Ashley. Yeah. Hey. Okay. Oh my God, it's it's such a good film. All right. Well, if you want to hear that discussion and all the future ones to come, then you can subscribe to the podcast by searching "New Release 1984." on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get those type of things. That's a wrap. <laughs>